Howdy, folks. Welcome to Sketchy Conversations with John Melson IV. On today's episode, we're talking with rapper, model, singer, songwriter Eva Rhymes. We talk about growing up in Maryland, musical influences, Japanese animation, Baltimore's rap scene, and some other things in between. We also take it a bit street level, too. So if you're offended by language, I can't say I didn't warn you. So how's it looking out in Maryland? Oh, it's, it's windy. Windy. <laughs> windy and cold. It's finally getting cold, I noticed, because a couple of weeks ago, it was actually the November and the nicest spring weather, I got to tell you that. Man, it's been, what, hot one one day, cold the next. It don't want to make up his mind. Yeah. It's almost like Jack Frost saying, like, hey, thought you want to show up, huh? <laughs> yeah. So, um, how'd you grow up? Well, um, I grew up with... My dad, who, my dad, construction worker, mom, banker, um, Baltimore, what, couple of, couple of regrets like myself, my siblings. Um, we, we've made it work. My parents were the type to make it work no matter what. So they kind of put that on me as well. Which part of Baltimore are you from? Oh, um, from the east. From the east. Yeah, cool. I used to hang out there a bit when I was younger. Yeah. Yeah. yeah a I little bit. Uh, I remember I'm a huge Japanese animation geek, so every year it'd be Otakon, I pop up there, you know. Oh yeah. So also have some friends up. Also have some friends up there to hang out with too and everything. So. You know, kind of got to know the area. Hell, my favorite artists are from there. Guys like David Byrne, Frank Zappa, um, John Waters, of course. And, yeah. of course, the iconic Drew Hill. Okay. Yeah. So, got to know those guys, you know. I know Cisco and Nokia are huge anime geeks, by the way. <laughs> now, that I didn't know, but I can kind of tell by the dress, the dressing. Totally. I was trying to get them out to Otakon or something like that, so I know they wouldn't be bothered and stuff. You know, it's at the peak and everything. Yeah. And I was like, hey, if you want to kind of hang out, let your hair down and whatnot. It's like they'll recognize <laughs> you, but they'll give you your your space, though. But, you know, scheduling, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Because I saw, the reason why I mentioned it, because I saw you put up stuff about Ronin Warriors earlier, and I was like, I only know two people that remember that show. <laughs> that was one of my favorite shows. I mean, that and Gundam Wing. See, the thing about it is, all right. I wasn't really heavily into mecha anime when I was younger. I was more mm. of a shonen guy. Mm. Some of the shoujo stuff was cool. Oh, was Sailor Moon kind of shoujo? I don't know. I don't know. And, also, don't know. <laughs> and definitely hentai, but that's for here and or there. <laughs> you know? But it's like, um... But yeah, it was... But I was like, you know, that guy and everything. Like, I remember, like, going to, like, Otakon and, like, collecting, like, the Japanese Dragon Ball mangas and everything. In the raw Japanese, I don't know what the fuck they were saying, but I knew they didn't edit anything. So, so yeah, that was the guy I was, you know. Well, that was, shoot, um, Ronin Warriors was like right before school when you wake up, going out the door. So I remember it. I think that came out. What? It originally came out in '86. It did. Remember G Force? Yeah. Oh gosh. <laughs> Yeah. On Cartoon Network. The crazy thing about it was that thing went to like three different incarnations. Like the first one was Battle of the Planets, right? And the yeah. second one was G Force on Cartoon Network. It come on like a 
I think channel 43B, down like in Southern Maryland where I'm from. And crawling at 4, 3 in the morning because I had weird hours when I was a kid. And that thing was amazing. You yeah. know? Then Speed Racer. Back so many memories. Hey. Speed Racer. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Shoot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I guess the reason why I mentioned that because, see, here's the crazy thing about it. They always say, oh, girls didn't like anime. I know tons that didn't like you, dude. <laughs> or they kept their <laughs> shit hidden. You know, certain stuff yeah. they had to kind of hide. Like, because... I take away a lot in common we were growing up, you know, mm -hmm. you know, like interest wise, but you know, I'll get to that later. So how'd you get into rap though? Um, it was really my, my oldest brother who's, who's actually into anime too. He got me into anime. Well, he, he, well, he showed me, um, street fighter first. Yes. That made me be like, Oh, and I think that's when the movie came out, the street fighter animated movie. I was so glad because I really feel our era got screwed on the fucking movie. The only yes, did. good part was Ra Raul Juliet. Only best part of the whole damn thing. <laughs> only good part because I was like, you know, it was kind of funny because when you're a kid, you don't have discernment yet, right? But when you know something sucked. <laughs> and that was a Super Mario Brothers movie and Street Fighter. Yeah. Ah, fuck. And, but then next thing it was like, and remember the cartoon, you know, in USA, the Street Fighter cartoon, everything. Where I'm like, wow, this, this is ass too. What the yeah, hell? Yeah, that was ass. That was this terrible writing, terrible it's, conflicts. It looked awful, you know. And then <laughs> when the anime comes on, I'm like, holy shit, you know. And I'm not the guy that screams at movies. What's the first movie I ever really screamed at? First one. <laughs> the you know the scene talk with M Bison, Ken and Ryu. That was the one I was like losing my shit over because I never oh, seen anything like that. Right. And I was like. 10 or 11. <laughs> and the soundtrack was dope as fuck, too. First time I heard Alice in Chains. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. I, oh, no. I liked... It was a couple of scenes in there I liked. I mean, I know what you meant by the... Why you and... Oh, dog. I'm sorry. You good? <laughs> I knew what you you meant by what you were saying. This dog in the way. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> Almost fell. To the ground. <laughs> oh my god! What breed do you have? I got two dogs. The one's a pit bull, and the other one's a um, border collie mix. Oh, cool. Yeah, my kids. I'm not sure what breed my sister's dog is, but it shits a lot. That's all I know. <laughs> oh lord! Well, I got two times the shit, so it probably equals up to that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> cool. All right, so influence-wise, you know, who are your like, biggest influences rap-wise and what you learn from them? Oh, man. Um, started with Queen Latifah. I can hear that. Yeah, because she, she, uh, she was just so strong. It seemed like she was doing it all in the 90s. I mean, she was on Living Single. I mean, kind of helping produce some of the episodes. Oh, yeah. And... And then it's like she was running a label, trying to run her own label, oh, dealing yeah. with her, her uh, you know, her her um, brother's death at the same time. I mean, she was just like superwoman to me. Oh, yeah. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I, I admired her. I still do. Still yeah. do. I've always liked her jazz stuff. Oh, I, liked, I liked one of the albums. I haven't gave... Um, the other ones a chance yet. 
but I think that's the one, the Owens album that she put out. That was the one. Yes, that's the one I really enjoyed. Yeah, yeah I got really dove back into that one because when I first heard it, I was like, "This is interesting." Because for those like, well, she's rapping, she's singing, but she's like a rapper now. So, <laughs> you know, at that time, at least when you're still kind of learning stuff, you know, you realize it can't be people can be multi-talented, multifaceted, and stuff. You know. Mm-hmm. So, who else though? Well, I would say um, it's funny because uh, now I have a, a whole new respect for Little Kim. When I was younger, I I I, I liked Little Kim, but I didn't get her all the way. I felt like I couldn't relate to her like Queen Latifah. I can see that. Like, so I didn't really like. Of course, I liked her and all about the Benjamins and some classic joints with bad boy but i didn't like really think she inspired me but her boldness and confidence inspired me and her silliness now in my older age it's like i see her differently now yep i remember the first i mean like believe it or not, my f- i've always liked little kim features actually you know one of my yeah. favorite features is actually was actually on the song will they die for you you know and oh, yeah the first time i ever heard that it wasn't the original version it was actually the one on remember that south park album called chef eight <laughs> you brought back a memory day <laughs> that was the first time i really sat down and listened right you know of course mm-hmm. you know it's like all about the benjamin's rock remix too you know oh, but yeah. i'm like the funny thing about it is that was the first time i heard system of a down mm. and next thing you know like the year Later, they blew up and everything. I was like, "Holy shit, that's them!" <laughs> and nobody believes it's them unless they have the actual album. We realize, "Oh shit, that was them." Wow. You know? Yeah. So, okay, I was thinking like, I guess I was wrong because I, I always imagined like you had like a, you were influenced by Eve a little bit too. I don't know why. Oh, I loved Eve too. I loved Eve too because I don't know. Um, I know my my mind is changing changing as i grow but eve still had that tomboy thing about her but she was just sexy as hell oh yeah uh you know rocking the mic and i've i felt like damn like she is relatable and i loved how rough riders was as a unit so i was in love with their whole vibe same here so. you know of course i was a big dmx guy because i've always thought dmx i've always okay there's one, there's one rapper named Xavier James, right? He, mm-hmm. you know, big rock guy. He was, he, he's more of a rapper though, right? Trying to be R&B mm-hmm. guy too. He's multi-talented, I guess you can say that. But he kind of fucked with my head a little bit when he said, "All right, now imagine body count if they had DMX instead of Ice T." And I'm like, "Well, <laughs> shit," you know, I can't unthink that now. Because right. when, when I first heard like, like the Rough Riders, I was like, "This sounds like a lot of New York hardcore stuff," you know, except. Mm-hmm with way shinier leather and more motorcycles <laughs> so i'm kind of fucking with this you know shit yeah <laughs> also x was dark as shit like his music was dark as hell so i'm like okay this is kind of cool too like it's not horrorcore but i'm like it's getting close though <laughs> well see i loved him on i was a lincoln park i mean i said not lincoln park um shoot 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 limp biscuit fan oh yeah and he had that uh, joint with Redman, Method Man, him. Yes. Remix of Rolling. Urban Assault Vehicle Mix. You know. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I gotta say, 
Fred Durst got it. He knew that he wasn't that great as a rapper. So what did he do? He used his platform to put on way fucking better rappers than him. <laughs> he knew that. He knew he could not. When you had DMX say "In Again No Dark" with the end with, I forgot what the line is. "In Again No Dark" and then with the kid in the park or something like that, right? Yeah, you know, it's game I over. Can... You know, I know. Red and Meth came on in there too, and Swiss Beats. He knew. He yep. totally knew that he was beat so but he exposed like a lot of people that kind of curious incident you know yeah you know also yeah. had exhibit on their exhibit on that same album too you know oh yeah i remember that uh who you going to roll with when uh, something i forgot what it was I though I, I don't know. I, I forgot what it was, too. It's like it's a part of this in my head, but maybe I'm thinking I about another song. I forget as well, but, you know. I, but that was a fascinating part, you know, when, you know. So, all right, that, that being said, so what you grow up listening to? Oh, man. Uh, I grew up listening to a lot of different music. So, like, <laughs> this is going to be sound, this, this is going to sound weird, but, um, Dido, <laughs> Dido's artist named Dido, put her in a blender with like Ja Rule and Ja Rule Lincoln Park, <laughs> um, DMX, like that was middle school. <laughs> That's not too bad, shoot. <laughs> that was mm, middle school. Believe it or not. Oh, Eminem. Too. Oh yeah. Okay. Eminem as well. I can see that. Shit, I'm going to do a Bjork face for a second, so I can't say shit. <laughs> I can't say nothing. <laughs> well, I just was the weird kid because I remember everybody asking me who's Dido. I was like the girl that's singing with on Eminem's album, but I brought the whole album. I love that album that she had back then. White flag, right? I still play it. No angel, it's called. Oh, okay. Angel. I remember there's a song yeah. called White Flag. She did. Yeah, that's her, like, two thousand. Yeah stuff so middle school her first album that nobody really played in this country that I know of <laughs> like that it was like yeah it was just big to me she has a song that says something like um, I'm so lonely I don't want to be um, with myself anymore and I love that line like you have to be one lonely person to not want to be with yourself anymore. So I know that feeling too, so <laughs> Oh yeah. Shit. You know Yeah, I love her. Love her. Oh yeah. Hmm, that's pretty cool, you know. I remember you yeah. said you played violin for a second when you were growing up, right? <laughs> I tried to play the drums. The drums, the violin. Uh I broke my guitar. Yeah, and I I sucked at all every last thing except for the piano I was was okay with the piano. Yeah, in fairness, guitar is a difficult instrument to learn. People always ask like so how'd you learn? It's like you have a social life? Yeah. Lose it. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. Somebody said that about piano. So It's true. I mean shoot, I tried playing flute when I was younger but everything sounded like a kung fu flick, so I was like, uh <laughs> it's not gonna work for me. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm still open to learning the violin because there's something about it. The sound of it is that and the saxophone, to me, is one of the smoothest instruments. They smooth. 
I mean, guitar, like, you could just take it up, like, I'm about to kill somebody, or you can play it the number This is a very versatile instrument. Like, you can either get, you know, you can either, like, you know, it's kind of weird. All right, George Benson, right? You can either get, like, either you get George Benson or Ted Nugent. Still hollow body art stuff, guitars and everything. How did the name Jinx come about? Oh, man, Jinx. Um, shoot. So I had really bad luck growing up. What I mean by that is not my parents because they tried the best they could and we lived in a stable home for the most part. <laughs> but like when my sister ran away when I was really young, kept messing with my head. So I think that I wanted to be in trouble to get attention from my parents. So I would put myself in situations that are troublesome and latch on the early things um, things that I shouldn't be latching on, I mean, and I, I mean, I'm talking about drinking very early, stuff like that, so I also got it from a G.I. Joe, it's like my favorite G.I. Joe, and it, yeah, it's, it's a G.I. Joe named Jinx, and she always was the same, like, in trouble all the time, but she can kick some ass, man, so. I never realized the correlation, because I remember... You know, I remember, you know, G.I. Joe, of course, right? And I know you're a big G.I. Joe fan, actually, you know? Yeah. But I didn't, didn't dawn on me there was one named Jinx, you know? Because I remember, okay, what well, I do remember from G.I. Joe, it was Cobra and also Sergeant Slaughter made a couple of cameos and guest appearance on there, too. That's what I really remember. Yeah. And also Duke, yeah. of course. Um, that's what I remember because, you know, from G.I. Joe and everything, you know? I think I should kind of re... You know, I think I should kind of like you know get back into that kind of rediscover it. So, you know, if, so I should try to rediscover it. You know, all right. So yeah. it's like, how do you spell Jinx though? Because well, I spelled it with the three X's, which at the time is I made up this thing. Like I, I might have said that's my GI Joe name. That's because it relates to my life. But I also was really into uh, Malcolm X. So. Malcolm Little, he had to change his name to Malcolm X, and the X meant the un, the the unknown of who he was. So I I felt like three X's are three different versions of who I am, which I had no idea, but I I felt like I displayed three different versions of who I was at that time, getting into all that trouble and stuff. So yeah. Kind of like how, like, Tech 9 has, like, you know, you suppose it in number 9, any, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I just thought so deeply when I was young. <laughs> Good to think so, deeply, yeah. actually, you know? Mm-hmm. All right. So, I guess when I think of, like, Baltimore rappers, I think of two guys, Mully Man and Boss Man. Mm-hmm. What do you think, ba- what do you think Baltimore hasn't really been on the map, you know, rap-wise? Now, this is, I mean, of course, uh, my opinion, but Boss Man went and to, did the D.C. route, in my opinion. So, when he went the D.C. route, he didn't sound like Baltimore no more. And he tried to, I think, go how Wale went, and it didn't work out for him. He mm. ended up even beefing with Wale. Yeah, I remember it. So, you actually played... Technically, you can say play worldwide, including France, right? Yeah. What was France like? Oh, man. So beautiful. 
And what I mean by this is, all right, I went to Paris first. And, um, it reminds me of uh, a better New York. When I, <laughs> it has all the cultures, different people from everywhere there. You, we got on the train, we saw nothing but graffiti, and you see people from the Middle East doing uh, doing some hip hop dances on the subway. Like you know, but they speak in French. Like I love that. You know, it's also it's like I can't I can't put it into words, but I love different people mingling, especially with uh, our culture. So, I don't know, I just, I love the, the atmosphere too, and everybody seems so welcoming. It's not a, back here I don't feel the support as much as I would like to, but there I felt, you know, wanted, needed. That's one thing I noticed over the years regarding, you know, the arts and everything. Like, the certain bands had to go over to Japan and Europe to get a modicum of the respect or appreciation they deserve, you know. You ever you ever check any European rap? Yeah, but, I mean, it's, it's dope because even though I don't know what they're saying, for the most part, it's like you could tell there's some some rhythm and rhyme there you know they're saying something of meaning oh yeah like you ever check out like uk rap yeah that too yeah it's always kind of funny because you know i'm still trying to figure out the etymology actually between like because always kind of it was kind of weird like when i was listening to dizzy rascal i was like this kind of sounds a little it sounds kind of gives you kind of baltimore energy like accent wise mm -hmm. mm, yep it's, it's it's real thick and uh accent they joke about it sounding like something like them sometimes so i'm trying to figure out how that happened though to this day you know i'm still trying to figure I don't out know. That's, a, that's, that's a good mystery for like how did more people like how did the accent <laughs> evolve though you know i'm trying to figure it out to this day like you know because when i was growing up it didn't sound like that mm. you know it isn't even like more recently like the last 20 25 years maybe that's what i noticed like you know even though I kind of do notice there like there's two Baltimore accents, so like the white Baltimore accent and the black Baltimore accent. <laughs> you know, well, like, like, like for example, listen to ninety eight rock. You can totally hear like, okay, it's a white guy from Baltimore. I can totally hear that. You know, <laughs> yeah. like, you know, it's it's this kind of nasally thing, and they also <laughs> like they sound like John Waters. You know, that's what they do. You know, it is yeah. not a it's it's a, it's a thing. When I say, you know. Like, it's, okay, you know, like, okay, you know the guy on, um, a family guy, you know, like, do the mustache and, like, um, in the earring? <laughs> yeah. That's what, like, the white Baltimore accent sounds like, you know? <laughs> no. And I can't remember that character's name, though. I can't remember his name right now, either, but... That's it, it was the, oh, no! Part I was like, oh, shit! <laughs> I can't do this. I can't... <laughs> I'm I'm trying to be nice because <laughs> hey I've always here's the thing about it and Don't I got I got no problems with Baltimore because I've always felt no more welcoming to me than DC was you know you know that just caught me so off guard though <laughs> but there's an accuracy to it you know yeah shit like so I was wondering it's like so how was COVID how how was COVID nineteen affect you you know you know creatively. Oh man, 
this year it's been a mess and I don't I don't want to complain but I, I had a whole tour lined up for this year so it's kind of depressing to get everything like canceled and <laughs> it was like oh you're supposed to go out the country you're supposed to be gone for a month it's your first tour I'm like, I mean for the first tour by myself and yeah it it just went left so my creativity after that has slowed down and it's like you have to stay relevant or basically not I don't want to say die but fade away if in these times so uh, my creativity is like off and on right now I'm fighting to stay inspired and motivated because we can't do all but so much right now I'm similar, you know, like, you know, for example, you know, due to, you know, social distancing and stuff like and other things going on, it's like, I'll put it this way, almost every band is on break right now because mm-hmm. the world's on break. Mm-hmm. So it's not much one can do except try to figure out other stuff to do, you know, like, for example, like, you know, People always said, Johnny have a really great voice for radio. It's like, yeah, face too, but, you know, and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm a wee bit self-deprecating, you know. But then it's a call back to make everything all right, though. But point <laughs> is, um, I thought, okay, I know these cool motherfucking people. Mm-hmm. Um, they ain't doing shit. I ain't doing shit. Might as well, get, might as well talk to them through, like, either face, call them up through Facebook Messenger Maybe call them up through, you know, whatever, and just uh, start talking everything, you know. So, I kind of channel energy elsewhere. <laughs> All right. So, one thing I noticed about you too, um, you're also a photographer and videographer, right? Mm-hmm. All right. So, yeah. who do you say your influences are when it comes to that? What would spark that? Oh, I I always um have been afraid out of my mind about uh people uh, I'm not the best people person so when I wanted to model and spend some mean things that were said to me so I said you know what I'm gonna I'm learn how to do this shit my, my way I'm you know uh, so I'll be in charge of my own images and everything else but I think I, I just noticed that I was pretty good at yeah. just learning so I started shooting for the Black Caucus one year and that was like taking me out of my comfort zone and I loved it. Like, I loved shooting for them because I got to see a lot of things and learn so much about that type of thing, like how to conduct my business. And it was different from rap for once. You know, I love rap. I love hip hop. I love making music, but it was different. So. Would you say you had any kind of influences when you were younger? Like, you know, maybe it's like influences from a photographic or cinematography side? Oh, man. Um, no, I, I would, unless it's a video game or something. <laughs> like, I know it's not like a still photography, but I always liked how the video, I mean, video games come out. Like, um, I can't think of something. I just liked how they shoot sometimes. I know it's a drawing. But still, oh, it's, I like how it comes to life. You can make a picture come to life. You can make a video come to life. 
it kind of molded into something. I can't say anything because my favorite directors growing up, actually, it wasn't Spike Lee. <laughs> I'll tell you the truth. Not Spike <laughs> it Lee. It wasn't Spike Lee. You know, oh. people always, I remember somebody asked me, all right, who you got? Tyler Perry, Spike Lee. I said, John Waters or Kevin Smith. <laughs> okay. I mean, but, but you know, uh, shoot, now that I think about it, um, I can't think of the, the D name. Uh, that's the Dawn guy. Um, I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, I can't think of Um, <laughs> He's a great fucking director, too. Cause he is. If he's the one I'm thinking of, he literally sold his own blood to fund one of his movies. Yeah, uh, uh, it's Torino. No, it wasn't Quentin Tarantino. It's uh, it's going. It's Robert Rodriguez, but Quentin Tarantino Ah. did write it though. Oh, he helped. He helped part of it. Okay. Uh, Robert Rodriguez. He literally sold his own blood to film El Mariachi. I like that. I didn't know that, but I like it. It cost (laughs) seven thousand dollars a shoot, so that's a lot of fucking blood. That is a lot of blood. I don't know how long he did that for. I wonder how many cookies they gave him after that, after the plasma donation, Jeez, donations. You, you, that's a good point. I mean, that's a lot of blood, man. It got him three. It, but apparently, it made three million dollars. The movie made three million dollars, though. So I guess it excelled. Well, that's the funny thing. They some of those movies look so low budget, but they get so much money back. Shoot, it's ridiculous. Of course, do you know which one I think of, right? What? Blair Witch Project. Oh yeah, <laughs> that irritated me. Though. I mean, I can't, I can't, I can't think of the uh, the moment. No, I can remember the moment my mom like watch, let us watch it, and she kept rewinding. This is when VCRs were, you know, saying oh, around. Yeah. She kept rewinding the daggone, um ending. Like he's standing in the corner, <laughs> pausing it, and we're just like. Turn this crap off, it's creepy. <laughs> that was the thing about it. That was the best part about it. It was creepy, it was unsettling, but it wasn't horror, you know? It was Right. That's even more of a thing to kinda of fuck with your head and everything. It was more unsettling, you know? Mm-hmm. And but, it was believable too. Yeah, because it was they you know how they shot that? Yeah, well, with the cameras basically. Yeah, like literally it was like a high eight millimeter camera they shot it with or something like that. <laughs> You know, it's like something you can probably find, you know, in your parents' closet, but don't look at those tapes just in case. I know. I mean, shoot. See, those were the times I, I, really? I kind of missed some of that stuff, though. <laughs> All right. So for listeners outside of the area, how would you describe the Baltimore rap scene? Like, what is it like, you know? Mm. Now, that's a complicated question for me. I can only say, because I always try to leave here. <laughs> I've had big shows here, but I've done a lot more outside of here. So I would say Baltimore was very unified growing up as far as the art scene. We had some great stable people that were trying to, you know, build it up and make it into something. Um, We were a big family at one point. Right now, everybody's so scattered and some people gave up on their dreams of me my generation wise but the younger ones they're running YouTube there's a few uh, young hip hop artists out here on the YouTube doing anything got more subscribers than me (laughs) they're doing great (laughs) hey alright so 
All right. So, I know we have a lot of band tees too. Actually, I was like, you know, I saw like this one misfit shirt and everything, right? That she oh, had. What was that misfit shirt? Was it a hat? Either way, it was something with the with the um with the crimson skull, I think, on there. You know, I was wondering if you were a fan or not. Yeah. Well, let's put it this way. I saw saw a couple of their videos, right? So, I think the the first one I've ever saw was they were going into a hospital. Oh, another one. I think that was um. <laughs> damn, that was shit. I can't remember the one. Because here's the weird thing about it. Here's how I feel about the Misfits. There's two eras of the Misfits I love. Well, actually, the first era, the one with Glenn Danzig. You know, tiny little tiny little guy. Actually, he's like five four. But he's like, he looks like Wolverine, actually. The rumor was he was actually going to play Wolverine in the, the X-Men movie. Wow. Yep. And the second era with um, Michael Graves, right? And that was the era when they came back. Um, you know, they came back and everything. And I was just, it was like a different band. I'll put it that way. And so the ones in the 90s versus the ones in the, the 80s, I think it was. The 90s was more metal, if that makes sense. But it still had the yeah. punk energy, but it was more metal. Like, back in the day, they had this kind of sound where it sounded like punk rock meets doo-wop. You know? See, I, I think the only... Now, I mean, I don't know what year this is. There's something about... Uh, dig, something about... Uh, dig, uh, dig up our bones. Something about bones. Yeah, dig up our bones. <laughs> oh, that's it, right. Oh, yeah, I did it. All right, so... <laughs> yeah, it was dig, yeah, it was dig up our bones, actually, right? That video was—I fell in love with their videos first, the visuals, and I mean, of course, the music. I love different music, so yeah. yes, of course, their music. But I—I I do like a whole bunch of different bands. I would say that's why my my um my mom is responsible for this. Actually, I mean, she would just bring in different music all the time. She liked. Any and everything that had a sound to it, she didn't discriminate really. Like even country, and I wasn't a fan of country, so <laughs> not a fan of country. I have this love hate relationship because you know what country to me sounds sounds a lot more nowadays. What it sounds like guys that halfway heard Three Six Mafia and Drummer Boy and try to recreate something. <laughs> That's what it sounds like now. It's literally. Oh man. <clears throat> They can do so much with it, but they keep fucking it up, if that makes sense or not. <laughs> you know, and yeah. the thing about it is like, okay, like, I love the country rap thing. I love the idea, but I feel like some ideas fall a bit short. Yeah, that one, it, do, it doesn't keep you, uh, you know, I like, say, they tr it's like you're trying. Yeah. See, my, my mom, she loved, like, Pink Floyd. That's cool. Yo, no, wait, I just remember the video you were talking about was actually Scream. That was the one. That was Scream? Oh, man. That was Scream. So I just loved that they was, like, eating people's freaking... They was turning the zombies. So yeah, that was, yeah, the one in the hospital, you know? Yeah. Yeah, like, I loved it. Oh, yeah. You know, I appreciate it from a visual aesthetic. You know, it was kind of funny because, like, <laughs> they used to, like, love the Misfits. And, like, you know, older punks were like, man, fuck the Misfits. I was like... What would they do? It's like, then if you hear these fucking stories where it's a great example, like Never Meet Your Heroes. Yeah. And I remember, like, uh, when, I remember, forget when, like, um the dude, the guy with, like, the like long piece of hair, I forgot his name. Um, ugh, that guy's annoying, though. His voice grates on my nurse. Um, shit, what's his name? Um, 
Um, shit, I know it's like I can't remember his name. The only um Jerry only. That's it. It's Jerry only, right? And oh, the, okay. The guy, it's like I never forget what he tried to. He was on WCW for a second. He was on a wrestle, and it's it's almost like just sit down, just sit down, sit down, Jerry, sit down. <laughs> and I didn't see like. And the thing about it is, like, I was like, okay, so these like where these luxury misfits and stuff, and I didn't discover the Danzig stuff till like 2007, because I was like, you had to hear from like, you know, halfway, like, because it's kind of funny. The first time I actually saw them, saw them, mm-hmm. and I realized it was them. It was in that movie by Insane Clown Posse, Big Money Hustlers. Oh, okay. And they were in there for a second, actually, and I was like, oh shit. Oh. But uh, Slim not gotta be like their visuals too oh totally like Slipknot was a you know what Slipknot was to me what Funkadelic if they wore Junkos <laughs> there was even a dude with the, with the Cyrano de Bergerac mask I love oh, I, I just love to see, to see sometimes I, I see the image first I fall in love with that I mean and then I'll try to listen it. like they have different sounds to them that totally. I really enjoy. Like, so. I loved, I really, Slipknot had to grow on me, like, you know, because I was trying to figure out, like, what was going on here, because it reminded me of Guar a little bit, too, right? And yeah. I really fuck, I really fuck with it, though. And the funny thing about it is, here's the thing about it, alright, because I want to ask about you later on, but I've noticed that a lot of rappers, you know, doing the triplet flow or the chopper flow, right? Mm-hmm. But you know who doesn't really get any kind of credit for that? What? Who? Oh, I mean, Corey Taylor and that dude from Mudvayne. Hey, that's that's uh, I, I didn't think of that. <laughs> On Spit It Out, Corey Taylor's doing the chopper flow. He's doing that. Um, and also like a lot of stuff on the he was actually rapping and stuff, and I was like, oh shit, you know he is. And then it dawned on me because I was like, oh, so he's the Busta Rhymes, right? So I was like, yeah, that's not a big deal. <laughs> and then it dawned on me like, oh shit, he really is. And yeah. on that song Mudvayne, you know that that's on Dig, right? He's really doing like what they call the Migos flows, well, it's technically the Three Six Mafia flow, actually. That's why. That's why I love music, though. Yeah. It's like it can keep influencing. Exactly. You know, like, and the funny thing about it is, like, what are your thoughts on this wave of like rappers that are kind of like, I'm not going to call them mumble rappers, actually, right? It's like, <laughs> can I hate that term? You know, I used to use it, but then it's kind of dumb because they want to call them mumble rappers. Might as well call Pearl Jam mumble rock. <laughs> well, no, I mean, Bone Thugs and Harmony, I love them to death. I opened for them before, but like, they are like the original, in a way, the you original. Know, you know what? In a weird way, here's how Bone Thugs and Harmony are pioneers, but not in the way people think. Mm-hmm. I'm listening to a lot of modern R&B stuff, and mm-hmm. the way they're half singing, half rapping, Bone Thugs and Harmony was doing that first. <laughs> they really was. I mean, shoot, I... That's why I said I love them because I mean their sound is so different, but you also can hear them spit on certain records and collabs that you're just like, damn, they really killed it. They did. So, you know, I mean these mumble these. Well, I I know what you mean by not wanting to call them that, but I've gave some of them a shot recently because I am a songwriter for the most part. If uh, you know, hip hop doesn't work out. I can always sell my lyrics, so I, I try to keep up on with with what. And 
I gave two people a listen. And I mean, like, I don't know their music. Like, I just asked a friend, hey, send me two random artists. So, one was the recently deceased um, King Vaughn. What? Yeah. Yeah. I, and uh, both of the, actually, the other dude is uh, recently deceased as well. Well. Um, Juice World. So oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I listened to Juice World. He reminds me of uh, like old old uh, punk rock, hip hop uh, type of sound. I, I... They really are. I notice. Like that's the thing I'm really digging about this. Like it seems like these kids figured out and got it right. Because all right, as long as I've been trying to figure out, I was like, how the fuck do you fuse punk and rap and have it not sound like shit? And they figured it out like and don't get me wrong there are a few times when you fuse the cat and the rabbit you get the cabot and it lives a few days these guys figured out to create their own breed which i love they remind me of like my chemical romance or something uh my chem- I, yeah i would say my chemical romance was a little bit of hip-hop in it yeah, it makes sense because think about what, like, here's the cool thing I love about this era. Like, they grew up on everything and they're not afraid to admit right. they listen to everything. Like, okay, UGK, right? Bun B loved West Coast punk rock. He loved stuff like Fishbone. Um, Mia X, for example, she loved Metallica and a lot of hair metal stuff. Pharaoh Monarch also loved Fishbone. Um, shit, who else? Like, a lot of rappers fuck with, like, a lot of. Okay, I'm getting old school and everything, right? To the point of, like, really? <laughs> Easy loved Guns N' Roses. You know, Scarface loved, you know, loved rock music. In fact, he actually did jam with Living Color. You know, I don't know what happened to those tapes, but he did. Point being, in fact, wait, remember, not remember. I think, speaking of which, callback, I think Queen Latifah and Living Color did a song together. I think. Point being is, like, these kids, you know, what I love about them is they don't feel like they have to listen to a certain genre because they lose like you know authenticity if that makes sense Mm -hmm. and that's what i'm really digging about it though you know like all right here's a weird parallel like when i hear like the song you that your song scars of wounds right it reminds me of like it kind of gives me like energy of like trent reznor or nine inch nails hurt Mm. actually you know wow that's that's deep i i didn't think of that that's deep yeah so, like, where did the inspiration for Scars and Wounds come from? Um, I grew up, like, uh, you know, I, I told you I had a lot of issues or crimes, but, you know, so I didn't know how to interpret some issues and that came to happen to me, things that happened to me. So I would self-punish. And when you growing up, you always hear, you know, black people don't cut themselves oh that's crazy you can't cut yourself that's crazy but um i did because uh, it was an older girl around me she used to do it but she did it like in front of everybody i didn't want to show people i wanted to kind of like i don't know if i did something wrong i'm going to go up my arm and nobody's going to see it so i'll cut also i'll cut and scars and wolves is literally about that experience and 
what I might have been feeling when I'm about to do it because um, it's it's a process. It's a it's a mental um, illness. Is something that you know happens to a lot of people, not just me. So, um, but yeah, that's what it came from, and. I don't know. I, I want to talk about stuff like that all the time in my music because we don't talk about it enough, I think. So So what qualities do you look for in a collaborator? Um, and right now, kind of reverting back to when I was younger because everything's become about business a lot. And of course, oh, how much I'm going to pay you to do this. You know Creators do not know, they don't get together and say, hey, I just vibe with you. Let's make something great. That doesn't happen anymore. So I think I'm looking for that because, not because of the money, but because you have a legitimate interest in my sound. Yeah. So it's like, I don't want to pay you because you, you want to, you know, that's your skill and you want to get on here. How about I pay you because you feel it and you like it? So... But it is a question I like to ask a lot of people, like the last one, kind of wrapping it up, though, you know. Mm. So what do you think the future of live music will be? Oh, now that's a good one. Um, right now, it is so hard. I've, I've seen um, some artists, I mean, even Tech 9 I saw them with, like, a, a packed crowd but um, not too long ago. And just last night, one of the the newer rappers, I I forgot her name, but she had a packed club. And we are still in the middle of a pandemic. I, I mean, know, right? <laughs> it's scary. Like y'all wild and shit, you know? It, yeah, like I I wouldn't want to put my fans if I was in her position. I'm, I'm I don't have that many fans yet, but. I wouldn't want to put my fans at risk, and even with Tech Nine, he was really far away, but he, it was packed in the, the crowd. And I love Tech Nine. Same hair, shit. I used so. to with we used to have the same hair. <laughs> yeah, really. Let me explain this right now. All right, back when I was younger, right, I would just do weird shit to my hair, like you know, um, just because, right? For a second, my hair was actually blue. Like, I don't. You ever saw the picture on Instagram? You know what? I have. Now that I think about it, yes. Yeah, 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 um, yeah, fat nerdy kid with the blue hair, that was me. Um, I remember, <laughs> I remember. Yes, um, yeah, so what happened was, okay, for the listeners that don't understand black hair, there's a thing called new growth, right? <laughs> and literally, my hair would basically, it would look like Wayne Static from Static X and shit. Wow. Until I get a touch of everything, right? And <laughs> yeah. And there's actually another picture of me too when, you know, before I got like, you know, worked on everything, it's kind of twisted up and everything, right? And it's, it's, it's on IG actually, right? It was funny because it was a picture like a month in between, right? So the picture like, it's kind of like this mini afro I had. Mm-hmm. And the other picture with me, my hair all twisted up and everything, right? Mm-hmm. And I think I put the caption on this like, I'm going to look innocent, but you have no idea what porn I was watching at this age. <laughs> <laughs> you know? But. But you're right, though, and I'm with, like, Tech Nine's one of my favorite rappers, you know, because, you know, just something about it just kind of spoke to me a little, because they're, like, four solid albums, you know. So, is there anything you want us to check out? Sure, I got a album that is way overdue coming out, and 
that's called Friday. So Friday will be hopefully out. It's supposed to be out last month, but we're going to say it's going to come out this month. Um, That's coming in. Yeah, I just got to would tell people to follow me if they can um, at Eva, E-V-A underscore rhymes. All right. Uh, Which social media platforms? Uh, That that is to Twitter and Instagram and um, I I'm not really on Twitter like that so I shouldn't have said that but <laughs> yeah but uh, <laughs> that's my Instagram and Twitter and on Facebook just type in Eva Rhymes you can find me EVA Rhymes and I'll be there it's only two of us so Cool. All right. Great chatting with you. All right. Thanks so much. Hey, that was Eva Rhymes. Check out her music on Apple Music and other platforms. And also find her on Twitter and Instagram under Eva Rhymes. That is Eva underscore Rhymes. Till next time, peace.